everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni, and this is the Preferred Lions Podcast, the Open Edition. We've reached that time of year, Joe, where you got to kind of unload your bankroll. You got to go all in because it's the end of the season, man. We got the last major. Are you excited? Yeah, baby. Summer of golf. It's not quite over yet, but yeah, last major the sixth major of this long 2021 super season. <laughs> so we, the long awaited open championship returns. Are we going open championship? Are we going the opener? Are we a British open pod? Like where are we That's standing? A good question. Here? You know, like politically correctness is like a big thing in 2021. So I don't want to get in trouble calling it the British open. I'm an ignorant Minnesotan here in the basement of my house. I don't know if, uh, I guess I I'd use British title the tweet British <laughs> because Open. I use British Open because <laughs> I'm no dummy. I follow the people that are in the industry that direct me to do that. And Patrick Mayo, hello, the one and only, uh, has that, and I just copy the best. So um, SEO, <laughs> we're the British Open, baby. Let's crack some beers for the Open, the Open Championship. I went actually mixed drink tonight, so beware, viewers out there. Uh oh. Do you normally uh, get a little bit drunker off of the old mixed drink? I wouldn't say drunker. It's just uh, a preferred preferred beverage for tonight, for preferred lines. Okay, what about the preferred app on the jock market? Oh, my gosh, I love the jock market. Should we talk about them? Um, do they have anything going on this week? Should we go over there and sign up for that? So a couple of new things. So our promo code is still active. So, Which is? Um, PL will give you 100% match up to your first $50 deposit. Awesome app. People are loving it. Um, they released like this API, which if you're into like computers and like that kind of, you, that's way over my head, but um, you can actually trade like using this computer platform and like buy and sell shares, which I know our buddy Nelson was doing last week. Rick's been experimenting with it, but it's all uh, great stuff. Good friends over there. They support the show. We support them. Sign up for Jock Market. Use our promo code if you do. We would greatly appreciate that, and you will have a great time. Yeah. I ended up making a little bit of money last week. It was great. I had fun on it. Um, dude, I want everybody listening, watching that has not already, stop and go to Twitter. Follow us over there. If you're watching on Twitter, thanks. Retweet it. Or if you're on YouTube, you can like, comment, subscribe, do all those things. But, Joe, we have a little giveaway at the end. Want to talk about that particular thing? Yeah, let's give away some T-shirts, right? Last major of the season. Um, follow Preferred Lines, people. Like, yeah, I, I love you guys for following me. Chad, you got a ton of followers. We got to get our Preferred Lines following up. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to pitch ourselves to the big networks. We're trying we're, – we're the, the hottest free agents on the open market for the 2022 season. Uh, but, no, all, all, every little bit helps. Go follow us there. Uh, that would be much appreciated. Subscribe below. Hit that little thumbs up button. Uh, all good stuff. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, and so then if you follow us and then you decide that you want to leave a comment right now uh, on the side of wherever you're watching live, because we're doing this live. I mean, you may be on iTunes and you're too late, so you can't win a T-shirt. But we're giving away a couple t-shirts actually so you got to leave your twitter handle in the chat and then at the end of the pod here today we're going to uh select a couple people that left their twitter handles in there and we're going to double check that you follow us on twitter either way we don't want to waste any more time we can waste your time if you want us to with an interview that i did a couple days ago with the tour junkies pat perry if you haven't uh, already listened to that. That's available on iTunes. We're going to just skip right through and get to this betting board, Joe. Um, and at the tippity tip top, you have John Rom Rodriguez. Does anyone call him that? Um, that's his real name, but that is eight to one. Oh my goodness. Is this a number that you're interested in? Because I don't know. Uh, it feels great though, for a reason. Here's why. I like that John Rahm has separated himself, has become this public betting uh, person, because then it allows us, Joe, to get the numbers we're getting down the board. Because if there wasn't a guy like Rahm soaking it all up and just absorbing it all at the top, then we might not get a 22 or whatever we can get on Dustin Johnson here. But I mean, my goodness. So I'm OK with the Rahm going at eight to one. You can have that. Do you want that? 
Okay, when you said you were like excited about it, I thought you were going to tell me that you bet it. I was going to call you crazy. No, <laughs> you can't bet this, guys. Uh, look, eight to one. First of all, the Open Championship is the most random of the four. Um, it's the hardest to peg. The U.S. Open's the easiest, where we talked about it on the last pod, how you can red ink basically 70 to 80% of the field. There are yep. a ton of freaking guys that are live right here. I realize that John Rahm comes into this like this close to essentially three consecutive wins. He should have won Memorial. He would have won Memorial. He won the U.S. Open, and he, he was like in contention, the, the leader after two rounds at the Scottish Open. He's awesome. I'm not uh, like I'm nothing against him. You can't bet him eight to one, not in this field, not in a major championship. You have to take the bump on the other guys. If you can take two guys, um, basically a double the odds of John Rahm for the same, you know, value when you when you boil down the numbers, you have to do it. Uh, I'm not here for it. Best player in the world, world number one, deserving. May go out and, and, and run train on this week, but I'm going to stand in front of it and just hope that I don't get run over. Okay, well, um, yeah, no, we're not going to the top of the board, but before we talk about the next names, I talked to Pat Perry about specifics when it comes to the Open um, and the, you know, majors betting on those things. I wanted to ask you, though, coming into this week, do you take into consideration what occurred just last week at the Scottish Open? Does that make any difference to you? A little, not, not as much. Um, just because of their, I feel like they're going to be completely different scoring tournaments. Um, you know, obviously the open championship and anything over here is primarily dependent. The, the primary defense is the weather, uh, which is unpredictable, which makes it hard to, for guys like us who want to build a model because it's the unquantifiable, it's the unpredictable. Um, at the same token, you look at the score under par of what the Scottish open usually plays and what it played last week. And in 2003 and 2011 that Darren Clark won, I don't know. The last two times that it was at Royal St. George, there were five total scores combined that were under par. Hmm. When Ben Curtis won it, he was the only guy under par. When Darren Clark won it, there were only four other players under par. It's going to play difficult. There's a lot of par fours. There's, there's challenges at this course that the Scottish Open simply doesn't present. But we want the guys that have been over there, don't we? Or so then are you not using the John Deere Classic leaderboard either? Because we want the guys on the Euro body clocks, don't we? <laughs> kind of. I mean, Berger's the only real exception here of, of a guy coming over from the John Deere that I think has a chance to win this thing. I, sure. You give so me a burger. Name, Come on, should we eat the burger? I, I actually kind of, before he withdrew this morning due to COVID, I was kind of interested in seeing what Zach Johnson's number was going to be at just because I heard him talk about how he's swinging it so well. But Berger's the only guy. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to put a whole lot into it. Of course, you want to get them on the clock and the schedule and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to necessarily downgrade Berger because he didn't go over next week. Okay, what about these trends and all this fun stuff we're seeing, all these narratives? Do you fall for some of this stuff? Like, do we want to go after wind players? Are we looking at just veteran Euro guys? Can an old man win? This is preferred lives, baby. We fall for all the narratives. <laughs> you know the deal, Chad. No, I fall for some. Look, I did the, I did uh, Friday. I was with Feinberg on his show, and he really sold me on this sort of veteran narrative of, of basically you've got to, you know, the the numbers point to you've got to basically be a top 40 player in the world with, with a couple of exceptions on there in major championship, particularly open championship pedigree. So am I going to disregard Colin Morikawa and Vic Hovland? No, but I think it gives a bump to guys who have been and experienced this type of environment, this type of setup from the RNA for 10 to 12 years. Your Paul Casey's, your you know, the, these guys who are more established and have been around the the European circuit for quite a while, played a lot of open championships. I think it's only it's only going to help them. OK, do you have a model going this week? Are you making a model on Fantasy National? Because it's kind of no. hard with these Euro guys, right? It's this is the one week where I'm not going to make a model. I'm going to go totally on gut feel on who I want to play because it's the last major of the season. I'm going to bet it kind of like the Super Bowl and, and bet who I want to root for, right? We're pretty low stakes better. So it's not like yeah. I'm in this thing to retire and it's my 401k. 
but yeah, I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to bet the guys that I want to bet. And I'm going to lean on what my eyes tell me and not what my stat model tells me this week. So then, Joe, I would like to ask you about the next name showing up here. It is Brooks Kepka. Do you have interest? I know you were tweeting uh, wondering about his chef and whether that chick is in town with him. I was going to counter you and say that maybe it's nice that he's alone and rogue and in the hotel room. And he's just like, it's me against the world. I'm going to do this. I need an open championship. Oh, yeah. I used to do this when I was young. He's going to get those old memories back of when he was at the Euro Tour alone trying to grind onto, onto the scene. And, yeah, I think we're good with Brooks. I like him. Are you on him? Fuck. Yes, I'm on him. It's Brooks. <laughs> it's a major. The guy is like 90 under par in the last five years in majors, and the next best guy is struggling at 25 under par. Like sure. I, I bet him in all three majors this year. I've been wrong in all three. I'm going to go to bat again. There's no doubt about it. I think that like kind of one of the reasons that I brought that up and interesting because a lot of the players have complained this week about the COVID protocols and many of them had <laughs> Airbnbs like booked together, like Ricky and JT and Steve. They all like to stay together and bring their yeah. dogs and their families and have little team dinners and, you know, talk about the course and the guys yeah, who go out early and late. Brooks ain't that guy. Like Brooks brings his small bubble and he doesn't give a fuck if he hangs out with any of these guys. He's at the dinner table with Nagi, with his fiance, with his caddy and, and his small team of Kepka. That's why I was kind of interested in it, but that's not going to bother him this week. Last year he was in it. I mean, Lowry, sorry, two years ago, Lowry kind of ran away with the thing, but you know, he got stuck with basically JB Holmes in that final round. And it's where we got, the very first Brooks eye roll, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Instead of before the whole Bryson thing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to bet him 18 to 1. I already did. It's a big bet for me. Let's go. Yeah, same here. I'm, uh, we're not dumb. This is Brooks in a major. Like, it doesn't really even matter where it is, what it is. You're just betting Brooks in a major. And if you're not, well, the, I have the books not figured this out yet that they should <sighs> just have him at 10 to 1 or less every single major because it's like he's going to pay that out. Oh, my God. Okay, what about the next couple names on the list, Joe? We've got some uh, juicy numbers. Um, Xander's here. Oh, my God. Of course, Xander's here. But then you've got Rory at 19 and Jordan at 19. Oh, and then you could get even Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson in the low 20s. Is this a time where we should remind everybody that maybe you should have multiple accounts at different books so that you can shop this stuff around? Yeah, shop it. Um, there's a couple of apps that will show you like all the books out there. Like Odds Checker is one of them that will that will kind of give you the full rundown of where everything sits at. Yeah, shop it around different times of the week. These guys are going to be at different numbers. I don't think the top changes substantially, but um, in terms of like interest in this level, Brooks right now is the only one that I bet. But speed okay. close, and God, he's just so popular. I don't know that I can do it. But the more that I'm that I'm feeling this thing out. And I, I tried today to not intentionally not like digest or listen to really any other content. Cause I just kind of wanted to come in here with my thoughts, but mm -hmm. I feel like the momentum building on Spieth, right? Just on Twitter and outside, like he's, he's popular. My guy, um, shout out to PGA splits one Oh one on Twitter does a great job, releases some stats. So, so Kepka's by far and away the best links player, uh, playing in this event, number one in the field, averaging 2.75 strokes gained per round of Lynx golf over the last 50 rounds. Speed is second. They're the only two guys over two. He's right there. We know he has the putter, um, but he's coming to this event this year with something he may not have came with the past couple of times, and that's some confidence off the tee, right? I think that he's going to be there. I I. I don't feel like he has the same win equity as Kepka. That's my hesitation. Is okay. Basically, where I'm at right now is do I take Spieth or do I grab like two guys at 30 to 40 to one? Where do you sit on him, the hot button player of the week? I mean, immediately I liked it. I'm uh, so I hit it up with a couple bucks, but I mean, I'm I'm not so I'm not sure, you know, because I do like Brooks here and I do like Rory. I'm kind of leaning more now Rory than I am Spieth in terms of if I can get a better number. So I can find a book that has a 20 or 22 on Rory, which I, you know, I'm looking for. So that's why Rory? That's like, give me a reason why Rory, because I thought about it just because I, I 
feel the the talent the level that he has, but the guy just hasn't performed great in majors, particularly opens. So like, what? What he's been great at opens. He the only time that he was shitty was that I mean he missed the cut and he was awful on the first twenty two minutes of the tournament when he went ob on hole number one at his home course Port Rush, right? Where you know I'm sure he couldn't even feel his club because he was so nervous. Yeah. His arms were shaking. I'm giving that a pass. I, okay. from what I've seen, he's been top five, top three, top two winner. I mean, he's good at opens. I think, I think this is his time where he's coming in with the win on the season. Typically we've talked about how he's got to get over something or there's a problem with Rory. I don't, there's, hasn't been much talk about Rory. There hasn't been any problems with Rory and, uh, I don't know necessarily if you have to be good at one thing or the other on this course, or if the wedge game that he's struggled with is going to be exploited here. I'm not sure because I think the creativity here, the mental fortitude, the the understanding that 72 holes uh, of Lynx golf is a test and it takes a lot of, I mean, like you said, there's only a couple of people that are going to be under par overall in the entire week. Uh, so I think a Rory plays well into that. I don't know if that plays as well into a Spieth or a JT mindset. Maybe even a Xander. They're not as they're more fragile in those ways. So I would I would actually lean the Brookses in the Rory's where they're now Spieth's won an open. We would somehow miraculously that one time. So I could give him like, hey, he's won an open. And so I don't think that the mental problem there's not gonna have mental problems. Maybe Spieth could be fragile but at the same time rory brooks i think that's the way you go at the top of the board i worry and maybe that was a bad take on that but i worry about moments with rory mcelroy in in like meaningful career big time moments coming back to his home course where he's the betting favorite going back to kiowa island where he's the betting favorite where he's won before the pressure that we see that that he doesn't seem to perform his best at the Masters on Sunday. The pressure that we saw at the U.S. Open where I had a Rory ticket and I felt great about it going into like what was that eighth hole that was a par five. And I'm like, Rory, Eagle, incoming, bogey on a par five. <laughs> like these moments that he continues to not rise to the occasion mm-hmm. worries me. And that's right. why I don't feel like he's necessarily um, reflective of a good number at 19 to one, just playing devil's advocate a little no, bit. No, I know. And then I, my counter to that would be that Rory has had those moments to at least learn from that. And then he's had the experience of fatherhood, which we know can change a man. And he's 32 now, Joe. He's starting to figure out that he's in the middle of the prime of his career and he needs to take advantage of this moment. I think that he's at a perfect place in his career to come in at 20 to one and get a 20 to one. I mean, that's what we're talking Rory McIlroy, 20 to one at an open championship. That's more or less again, where I'm not really sure I'm betting anything and anyone in particular, but if I can find value here and there, like the value to me is more important. This is roulette. Anybody can show up and win at any point in time, but if we can get a 20 versus an eight on ROM, like I feel like maybe they did that on purpose because that I'm a sucker to bet the 20. Okay. Um, DJ, do anything for you, or are we just going to move right by him? I think we're moving right by him. I'm not really okay. sure I'm interested in the DJ. I mean, like, they're, I've seen it as low as 11 to 12, 15, and then it's now at 22. No one's betting it. No one wants it because they're not. he's not in the greatest form. His focus is a little off. I don't think he's had the best uh, historical performances in opens. So I'm more, the, the truth is, is that I like the candy, the shiny little, I, the shiny new toys, dude. I like the new toys. I like the Victor Holland. I like the chance of a Matthew Fitzpatrick. I like the Colin Morikawa's. I like the uh, always the play and bet Patrick Reed. I mean, I, I could make an argument that you should play. You, you see value in Tyrrell Hatton at thirty. So I don't know. D, what has DJ done lately? Is what I think. So not a whole lot. The the one sort of plus that I would stick with him is twenty eleven Open Championship at this course of Darren Clark one. He finished T two. Um, oh, he did. had an eagle like late on the back nine to kind of get himself a little bit in the mix. But ultimately, at that point, he's still four back of Clark, who ended up bogeying a couple coming home. But, um, yeah, he did T2 along with Phil Mickelson here in 2011. Um, he has a decent open championship history. But like you said, I think that the current form, I would have liked to see some more positive signs for him. 
particularly at a place like Tory, particularly at Kiowa, like the Masters coming back as defending champion. Like I want to see him rise to the occasion a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm willing to willing to bypass that twenty. I have I have a favorite play almost overall, and it comes in this Shoot. range. I seriously, I've you know I'm kind of shocked at it actually that Colin Morikawa is sitting at thirty five to one. That seems interesting to me, considering who Colin Morikawa is. His his win equity, a that his overall talent, like where he's Tiger Woods Jr. I don't see what he's done bad lately. I mean, his results are really, really good. Um, he's won in February. He was 18th at the Masters, eighth at the PGA, second at Memorial, fourth at the U.S. Open. Dude's 35 to one. I found him at 40. Isn't he okay at Euro Golf and like has an imagination and isn't? I mean, I don't know. I think the iron play could uh, could get Colin Morikawa to a point where I f- he could win an Open this age. I think he's only he's played in three. He's improved every single time he's played in Opens. His approach numbers over the last seven measured events are uh, ridiculous. He's literally a god with his irons. He's so played I in don't three know. Open championships. Are you sure about that? Has he played in three? I thought he played in three. I don't see any here. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But Either regardless, way. I think that that's, that's the sticking point, right? Is, okay, is so that's that he why you're getting so the number. I'm not yeah. saying that it's wrong. I think that he's great, but um, I think that he's a debutante here, and he's just so uh, Americanized and, and PGA Tourized, okay. or however you want to say that, in his Where he has to, and yeah. it's all about just a strokes gained on approach, right? It's all about flying it to the hole, pin high and sticking it there and trying to make putts versus this is very different golf. I don't know that he has the experience. I think that throughout the years that we've seen the veterans who can kind of run things up and get creative with their shot making and know how to play link style golf, you know, perform well here at the same sure. token. Like, I don't know how often we're going to see guys with the talent level of Colin Morikawa show up here at a number at 35. I've seen some 40 to ones out there. So it's a big number. Like, I could be sold on him. Um, I, I, I haven't done it yet, but you make a compelling case. I made the note about Cameron Smith is who the one has improved the last three times. I just confused that. I'm a couple beers deep. Hey, we wanted to remind you guys out there, if you leave your Twitter handle in the chat over there on the side, there's 18 people watching. You can win a T-shirt. We're going to give T-shirts away at the end Please, of the podcast. check these out. We have three oh, options here. Hold on. Let me see here. Gambling Club member okay okay option two is gray this is a good one this is a fan favorite i like that one can we see that loggers and long shots preferred lines couple of beers cheering and then the og i've got a couple of these left script preferred lines golf gambling club if you're here you're a member get a t-shirt Drop your Twitter handle, follow us, and we'll pick a couple of winners. Oh, we got some people in the chat. Hey, Fran Millionaire is here, of course, always. We love Fran Millionaire. What's up, dude? Uh, Brian's here. What about the fact that the first-timers don't normally fare well at the Open? Thanks. I know. I don't care. His name is Colin Morikawa. It doesn't bother me. Okay. Col- yeah. Gab's <laughs> been always the answer after a couple beers it's true i we'll get there hey, i used to, i used to have a long hair i wanted to i have a mullet but you know i have a wife so i can't do that um what else do we need to know we need to know about this is where we're getting to the juicy uh juicy numbers are going to get you a good payout let me hear your names joe who do you like in this range of the 30 to 40s all right i've only bet one so far and i'm a little squeamish about it but I feel yeah. like th- that might be a good sign. Like th- there's always something when you make a pick and it doesn't sit right. If it sits too right with you, you ain't going to hit it. Mm. Um, but I took mm. Terrell Hatton. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Three to one. That's a good, yeah. Uh, it's a good number. If we're going to like sort of circle links specialist, maybe the best in the field, won the Alfred Dunhill twice. Um, also a good track record at open championships second at the Palmetto recently, which he probably should have won that event. He lost four strokes putting and finished second at the Palmetto, which is sort of astonishing miscut at the U S open. It was really just a shit second round that I'm kind of willing to overlook, 
but the guy has been able to stack together a lot of wins recently. Um, you would think that kind of his emotional style of play where we sort of see these outbursts would not lend itself nicely toward links, weather, bad breaks type golf, but it's worked out pretty well for the guy. Um, six that port rush. Let me see what he did before that. Uh, 51st before that. Like it's not great, but fifth before that in 2016, I'm sorry. So it's good, decent history. English lad. It's coming home. Hmm. Why not? I, I went 33 to one on Hatton. That's kind of my pick, but I'm really sort of staring at, and I may need your help on this uh, for a take. But what, like, we let's talk about Bryson. What are we going to no, do? No, no, wait, wait. Before Hatton, Hatton, though, before, Hat, before we leave Hatton, okay. I have a question because, like, Hatton is the kind of guy that you would bet outright, but maybe avoid on DraftKings or even Jock Market. Do you have that feeling or whatever? Because he kind of seems like he gives up sometimes and has the give up factor. So then maybe an outright's a good position at take on Hatton, and then you can avoid him. Do I you ever hedge? I mean, there's guys like you like you mentioned, and I think he may be one of them. There's guys that you could just trust in contention, right? True. And there's also guys that will that you can trust when they're like 15th to mm. storm a back nine mm. and like try to get themselves a seventh or a sixth mm. place. Like I don't necessarily see him as that guy. You know, a la like we've seen we we like Rom's famous for it, right? Like Just back to sort of top tens or Hovland, but like yeah, I feel like you're gonna know very early on on Sunday if he's in contention, and you should feel pretty good about it given his history and track record. Okay. All right, we got to talk about Patrick Reed, right? I mean, we're gonna bet him. You bet him. I mean, this I is thirty. No, know. I know it's either him or Bryson for me. Like, oh, okay. So you want to talk about those two? Okay. Uh, well, don't we want the the European ambassador of the European Tour, Patrick Reed? Hello. They gave him I some honor that. a few years ago for He's some reason. He's an honorary member, isn't he? It's literally Jack Nicholas Tiger or something, and Patrick Reed randomly. They appreciate him over there. Well, we appreciate. So, I mean, him. maybe he's just a genius wall back there. We appreciate you, Patrick. Yeah, I got his autograph. Um, but we're like, I just don't know how to ignore that number on Bryson. So what I'm sort of like to me, all right. So at Kiowa as Linksy style, as sort of an American golf course can get major championship, you know, seven weeks ago, he's 16, 17 to one. Why is he double the number? Because it's we don't think he can play under the weather. Is it are we are we giving him additional points because he doesn't have Tim Tucker? Like is that what? No, this are we is giving no- him points on the betting board because he doesn't have a caddy. Like where where does that factor in? It could actually that could be a factor because of the fact that he's got to calculate all this shit. He's got some random new guy on the bag that's jumping in pools. I think truthfully, Joe, as Mike Miller has has told us from day one, they're not putting numbers out there because that's what they think is going to happen. They put out the number so that you bet it and they think, oh, my gosh. Nobody's betting on Bryson because they don't think things. They saw the match versus Phil a day ago and they're like, oh, my God, he was terrible. There's that. There. The fact that he's a loser and he's getting beat up on in social media all the time by Brooks. So they're not betting him. Bryson is also really bad at British Opens. The track record is miscut, 53rd miscut. I understand that. So that he is the same thing, like where it's like we at least have seen like Kyle Morikawa, I could go, I could say, hey, we don't know. You know, he's a rookie. Yeah, whatever. But then like <laughs> Brooks, I'm like, holy shit, he's bad. Like it's okay to know that, and he might even know that in his head and not give a shit. Do you? Is he playing three M? He should play three M because he could win three M next week. So maybe he intentionally misses the cut and goes and plays in Minnesota three M in a week and smashes it because that's what he likes to do. Bomb gouge, not think all these thoughts. Maybe he's gonna have to. Oh, he's gonna. His brain's gonna explode. Okay, Patrick Reed is the bet. We drool over. The elite drift, like I we live for this, and we're all we're all just gonna sit here and ignore the most obvious 12, 15 point drift on the board because he was trying to like hit five hundred yard drives at a course in fucking Montana with <laughs> Phil. Roger. Like, look, I understand the, I, I get it, but I'm also trying to say that there is a scenario in which 
Bryson gets it right and figures something out here. And I don't think we're giving him credit for that potential upside that he can win this. The guy won the U.S. Open in August. The guy has won in March. The guy where was, was, he, second where was he at the Rocket player. Mortgage? What's that? Well, I, he was terrible at Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, he was shit at the Rocket Mortgage. Like there was what? something going on, and there is he lost his caddy. But, but but that's why we're getting the number. It's a know. number that I think you can get. Oh, great, but I don't want it because I could do the drift is Rory. The drift is JT. No, the drift no. Is, those are like four point drifts. It's like a three. That's what I'm, but this is this is like this is the drift. Then, this is like that's a twenty eight. That way. should be twenty eight. Maybe thirty three is a ridiculous number, and then you buy that for sure. I guess I'm buying the forty on Rory or on uh, Morikawa because I feel like that's insane. I mean, from what we've seen, forty. That's so I get where you're coming from on that. I just think there's I, a situation where this plays out that works in his favor. Um, the new caddy, like we're giving him this huge, like we can't give points on the betting board for a caddy. <laughs> are you kidding me? So if JT switches from his guy to Tim Tucker, like are we gonna bump him five points for a freaking? No, caddy? Probably no, so we can't we can't give like there's there's a way that this happens where he takes hybrid or he takes three iron off the tee and he plays this thing smart because he can have a plan. Yeah, he and does. And the whole caddy thing was a weight off of his shoulders. Sure. And like, I can't believe I'm I'm of all people sitting here being fucking team Bryson on this, <laughs> but the number has put me like that's where I'm at. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to will it to being a Bryson versus Brooks final pairing. Oh, I'm I'm taking the exacta or whatever it is, the vanilla, <laughs> wherever you can pick them to finish one, two. I did it at the US Open. I'm taking that again. It's gonna be even better odds. Probably 250 to one on that. Okay, okay. well ah, man. All right, what else do we need to talk about? All right, Paul. I'm sorry, I derailed our whole show right there, but let's keep moving. Well, make sure you comment if you want a T-shirt, and we're going to draw for that. There is uh, – oh, Louis Oosthuizen was Pat Perry's preferred play, uh, spoiler alert, but I'm not as interested in that as I am in, like, Patrick Cantley or even Paul Casey. Do you have an interest in any of those names? Holy shit. Look at Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's 30-1 to 1 now. Oh yeah. No, I I do. I like them both, but I just can't see the the winning. Like we're talking about outrights here. I think Paul Casey and Louie make great DraftKings plays. I think they mm -hmm. could be solid in the jock market, but mm -hmm. we're talking um, win equity, and I think Bryson and Reed exceed that. Brian, I see your comment in there. I, I, I do owe you a shirt, I think. I'm shitty about shipping these things out. You probably never gave me your address. <laughs> um, DM me again, dude, and your size, and I will hook you up. I can't believe I haven't sent it. That's my B. Whatever. I owe, like, four people hats. <laughs> I've never sent anyway. Um, All right. Yeah, I'm a Fitzpatrick better, but I bet it at 66. Joe, I got a 66 to 1 on Pat Matthew Fitzpatrick. Sharp futures. Yeah, because I was in December, okay? Like, we do that. I love that. Now – all right, oh, God, Tony Finau. My God, he's forty-five. Scheffler is at forty-five. You got Lowry and Fleetwood and Garcia. I hadn't seen this. Burgers fifty-five on this book. I don't know. What about Webb or Lee Westwood? Can Lee Westwood win? Oh my God, it would be fun. So Saturday, I'm looking through the odds boards and I'm I'm kind of clued in a little bit to the Scottish open early in the morning. And I'm, I've seen Lee Westwood up there and mm -hmm. I'm thinking, let me go grab Lee Westwood now mm -hmm. at like a hundred to one. I mm -hmm. go to my book. He's like 45, he's like 50 <laughs> ish. Now I, I can't do that. And then, so Westwood and Poulter are the same, the same dude to me. Poulter's double the price. I took Poulter. Yeah. That's okay. all it came down to. I liked Westwood. I wanted to bet him the numbers outrageous i think given those other names that he's right around to, to come through and win this people are doing this because of phil winning the pga they're like oh lee westwood it would be so cute i need the ticket <laughs> honestly just cheer oh for my it. God. it'll be fun if westwood Poulter, wins it'll be fun dude we're not alone in our thinking i think we've influenced people to bet on Poulter enough that he's now 60 to one so damn uh, fleetwood is 
no, not Fleetwood. Fitzpatrick's uh, already drifting way down to thirty to one, and then you've got Poulter at sixty to one. Um, I had a hundred or hundred and ten or whatever on that a couple days ago. That's ridiculous. Uh, what about Yoki Neiman? Are you interested in that? He just performed pretty well. He was bogey free for seventy two holes, and then Harris English took him down. Any interest in uh, Neiman's number at seventy? No, because I took someone else, and I know you're on him. So go ahead and give me the spiel. We talked about him earlier in the show. The mullet man himself. Give me the Cam Smith take. Dude, I got to have Cam Smith in my life. I think this is a great course fit. I don't know anything about that, if that's going to make any difference. You know, we typically like to take Cam Smith in January or February or in the early part of the PGA Tour season. The narrative behind that is that it's summer in Australia. (laughs) I'm like – Maybe that is the, it's when he used to play golf and it's in January. I don't know. Whatever. Either way, Cam Smith, our actual good golfer, could probably play at all months of the year, and that narrative is stupid. I think he's shown it um, at the Royal Melbourne at the President's Cup a couple of years ago, just recently just did that. Kind of feels like that could be this kind of a course here where you have to run and gun it. Now, a man who has a beautiful mullet, I could easily see him missing the cut as much as I could see him winning, but I think he's got that upside. And I think if you can get it at 50 or 60 or 66 to one, I think it's a great bet. He's progressively gotten better at opens. That's who I meant to say, not Colin Morikawa. It was Cameron Smith. He missed the cut first time out. Then he was T78. He's like dead fucking last. And then finally figuring it out in 2019, 20th. Maybe he's due for a top 10. Maybe that's where you start playing top 10 bets, Joe, if you're not stupid maybe you do that this is the range where you consider starting yes 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 i'm in on cam smith 66 to 1 um i think it's a great bet i think that this course when you look at the last couple of times around the the green and regulation percentage is really small it's like not much above 50 percent in terms of guys who are hitting the green in two here a ton of scrambling around the green game creativity Stones, wow. like you got to have them newts swinging. <laughs> uh, Cam Smith, like, does it all, right? Uh, love the kid. I'm in. 66 to 1. Okay, we're scrolling down. We're on YouTube. We're live. We got people commenting their Twitter names so that they can get a T-shirt. We got fun stuff going on all the time. Joe does a podcast on Wednesdays with Rick Run Good about the jock market, which is our favorite app on the entire in the entire world. We even like it more than DraftKings. Uh, at least I make money on it, for fuck's sakes. I had to deposit all the time in DraftKings. Um, but we're going scrolling, and we're scrolling to the 80s at the Open in the 2021 British Open, we're calling it, and Ricky Fowler standing out here at 85-1. to 1. Any interest in Ricky Fowler, or would you go with Zalatoris? Or answers at 90? My God. These are, nine, these are decent numbers, actually. Okay. No. This is who I went with. Hmm. And this is a guy who I never bet. 75 to 1. I took Harris English. What is he on DraftKings Sportsbook there? Where's oh, Harris? 60. All right, you can get him on my book. He's 75 to 1 right now. Um, okay. Why'd you take this him? This guy is bookended basically this season since January with wins. He wanted to turn him into champions in, this, in January. It was basically this top of the mountain for Harris English. Steady climb downhill. He's on the rise back up, and it's it's tending to get toward its peak, and this, I think, would be that spot. Just won his last start at the Travelers. He finished right before that. He was third at the U.S. Open, top 15 at the Palmetto. He's trending at the right direction. He has all four facets of his game really working well, and I think it's just a number value. Like I've got him here on my bookie the 38th guy down on the odds boards. If you go to DraftKings, he's like $7,300, which he's like the 44th guy down on your DraftKings mm-hmm. board. Like the guy just won, and he's the number 12 player in the entire world, according to the OWGR. I think he makes a great pivot play in DraftKings off of Dan Berger, who the ownership's going to be unreal on. I think that he makes a good bet at 75-1. to 1. I'm in on Harris English. But we don't care. He just beat the hell out of a birdie fest is that not a because this is going to be a bogey fest well he played the tournament that was in front of him and he won 
I suppose. Yeah. So then why can't we do that with the Scottish Open people? Why can't we be on Fitzpatrick? Because he lost in the playoff. I we want could. that's what I'm trying to use. I don't guess. not like Fitzpatrick. I just wasn't one of my bets this week. <laughs> so yeah, whatever works for you, I guess. Um, who else do we have down here? We have Sam Burns at 90. You got Brian Harmon. Give me a break. Now, this is where I'm not gonna I'm no none of these names are winning, are they? Well, it's like like the okay, so these names around English. Like I'm just looking at them on the odds boards. Simpson, I'm gonna read them off. Simpson, answer, Poulter, Bazadenhoot, Day, Fowler, Norin. Like none of these guys have won. This mm-hmm. is like within a year. None of them have won. Harris English has won twice. And but won't somebody be the Lowry in just- really tough conditions? So uh, look, I, I I think he's got the biggest upside if we're talking about outrights in that range. Now, will Jason Day pull a Shane Lowry and win out of nowhere and kind of just be this random Euro specialist that we know him? He could maybe be. Or is this back thing an issue for Jason Day? Yeah, the back thing is an issue. He either needs, like, surgery or he needs to, like, stop, like, having children and get in shape <laughs> because his back is breaking down. Like, the guy can barely pick the tee out of the ground right now. I'm not going to bet him until I feel better about his physical condition to – to perform. All right. Now let's be honest. We don't know my, I don't, I don't wake up all early in the morning and watch the Euro tour. I got too much going on in my life. I'm not going to lie about that, but I did bet Lucas Herbert a couple weeks ago when he won the tournament. And that was the only Euro bet I made. I kind of follow a little bit. Do you know anything about Lucas Herbert? He's good. Right. And then you could bet that. I mean, he's a hundred to one right here. Could he win an open though? Played well in a couple of PGA Tour starts leading into that, which is why I think both of us were on him when he jumped back over to the exactly. Euro. It was his iron play. Yeah, I don't know a ton about him. Um, I didn't bet him here, but I, I can you know triple digits. Let's talk about some guys because there's a couple that have my interest that I haven't pulled the trigger on yet. Well, I wanted to talk to you right away about the fact that you did pull the trigger on Phil Mickelson now. Did you pull the trigger on Phil Mickelson within the last 48 hours? Or no. was this like that was in December? You can yeah, check so the you, tweet. You, you pretend was, like you're interested, but it was only because you were interested a year ago. Okay. So I posted it was over Christmas break, open championship odds to my Twitter. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's a certain lefty on this list that I really love. And everyone thought it was Bubba. And I said, no, Phil is going to. I got in this argument, like started it with me. Planning a flag on Phil winning a major this year, and I just took. No, you said he's going to win again, and we were all like, "No, he's not." Yeah, I was like, "He is going to win again this year." I said, "Everybody's going to win on the PGA yeah, Tour." I didn't, I didn't have anything. So with that flag in the ground, I took him to win the Open. I thought this was his best chance, um, but yeah, still 110. Like I see him at 60 on some sites, so that's not a horrible number. I have 125 from December when he was in absolute shit form, couldn't make a cut. So that's not a terrible. <laughs> that his career was over. But okay, so you're you wouldn't do maybe you would do that again. Would you do that again right now today? Um, <laughs> it's like weird because he's playing so much better, and there's so much more reason to feel good about it. But is he going to win two majors in a year? Like I don't know. I already got <laughs> it, so I don't really, I don't have to make that decision. Now I uh, see Stuart Sink here and Adam Scott here. There's like Stenson around this area. You've got Adam all their 110 to one. Isn't that crazy? Christ. What happened to him? That's a big number. Um, I mean, that's kind of off. Yeah, that's like 50 points up from the book that I'm looking at. So if you got DK Sportsbook, that ain't a bad to run with. Run to with 10 bucks or something. Right. That's how I roll it, or a dollar, bro. Now. Uh, we're not bankroll judgers. We don't judge out of those bankrolls like Saul, you fucking asshole. Uh, anyway, I don't want to bet Billy Horschel or Garrick Hago or any of these names. I'm not really interested. Are you? So I'll say this. There are a couple long shots that I'm interested in. I haven't, I've only taken one so far, but you see the shirt I'm rocking right here? No. What? This was an old work shirt. Right here. Okay, K-State. Who's from uh, – so, I never played there? golf ever, basically, in high school. I worked at the cart barn at Kent State University Golf Course, like, circa 1999. 
at school. I worked, I just washed carts. My boss at the time, who was the pro shop manager, won the open championship at Royal St. George's, Kent State University <laughs> grad, Mr. Ben Curtis. Holy shit. Is he playing? I've got some, I like, I've got a good story behind here. Ben Curtis won at 500 to one. He had one previous top 25 ever on the PGA Tour. Showed up here in his first season and was the only guy to break par at Royal St. George's. Like, one of the more crazier stories that never really gets digested and talked about too much in these shows. But fuck yes, Ben Curtis, Kent State Golden Flash, was once my boss. Got me into golf. I saw him win. It was all over the newspapers. He was a local celebrity. Cool story. All that's that pretty cool. Let's give some life to some long shots here because it's the open championship <laughs> and you can breathe a little life into these guys. One of them that I've got, um, the only one I've taken so far is I'm burning down the Weisberger. Oh, 125 to one. I'm feeling okay. burned. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's 125 to one. I'm not going to make yeah, I don't a understand. for him. No, no, no. I'm just throwing a couple bucks on him, and I like it. I also don't think Kevin Kisner's a terrible play this week. Uh, back-to-back top 20s, I believe. T2 at Carnoustie. He's coming into this event off an eighth and a fifth on the PGA Tour, so his form's trending the right way. These guys that can kind of hit fairways. Danny Willett is like really got a boost in odds. His I was looking... So when I placed the bet on Phil, and I know I'm rambling here a little bit, but when I placed the bet on Phil, I was actually looking for a Willett number, and it was 100 to 1 at the time because he won the US Am here. He's got, like, there are some eerie comps, I think, between some of the skill assets that transcend at Augusta to here. 250 right there, like that. I know he's coming off the, the uh, what, appendicitis or something like that, but yeah. why not? Willis and other guy I have interest in. I'm just throwing out names. At this All right, point. let me throw some at you. Like, what about Kucher? Come on, Kucher. Could he win a major for okay. the first time in his life? This is the one. Like, if he's yeah. going to do it, this is the one. Wouldn't you wouldn't be shocked by any means? You'd be like, oh, it's a cute story. It's almost like an under the radar cute story, not like a Lee Westwood cute story. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Molinari at 200? Like, Molinari? Holy shit, he just won this two years, three years ago. I know. I just don't. I, I wish I saw some more positive signs from him. Why is Woodland 175 to one? That's a big number on Woodland. I'm seeing 150, but yeah. He's just bad. Uh, it has trust been him? great. There was a, okay. there was sort of a, a, a positive trend there. And then things have gone a little bit South since then. What is the truth though, Joe, is that none of these dudes are probably going to win. It's going to be somebody at the top of the board. So don't get too cute especially when you're making DraftKings lineups. You don't need that. If you need help making DraftKings lineups or if you want advice about that or we're going to talk about that, me and my buddy Eric Martins, we talk on what is called the Fantasy Golf Pod, and I do a pod with him. We do the majors and, like, the big events. It's called the Names and Reasons, and it's live. It'll be right about this time tomorrow night. So uh, that will be following, actually, a Spaces yeah, right? I think we're going to do that again. I don't have yeah, it totally fun. dialed in yet, but I thought it was pretty fun last time. So we'll get some names together. We'll just talk some golf tomorrow night. Then I'm going to do the show, obviously, with Jock Market Power Hour with Rick on Wednesday. And I'll probably do some long shots tomorrow. It'll be a fun week. I'm looking forward to it greatly. Okay, let's check the chat and see if there's anything in there to just, uh, talk about. Last oh, Yagerbomb's yeah, nine. There. Dude, Jaegerbaum's is in here. He loves Morikawa and Bryce's numbers. So maybe he's on the same page. Oh. Uh has a great website. It's on Patreon. You can go there and get this spreadsheet. It's amazing. So I would do the that. Best $10 sure. you will spend. Definitely, for sure. Um, any Matt Jones love? Joe? No. I mean, he's a he's a wind player. If you looked up Fantasy Nationals Windy AF, did that, you could find him. I don't buy into the Windy AF narrative. Neither do I. Do you? No, actually, wind is, um, is impossible to even windy AF is like hard, man, because like you're on number yeah. you're on number eight and you're into the wind, but on number nine you're downwind, and then it's like, does it shift? And it's it, did you tee off at one or did you tee off at nine or did you? It's like there's so many. It, it's just yeah. hard. You like you start to factor in wind, and it you just sort of spiral down a tunnel. So I don't put much emphasis on it. I mean, I like to see it just to see it because it's Good fun to, to look at. But 
Yeah, I mean, we love noise. We love the noisiest noise of stats and stuff ever. Like, we're fine with the, like, noise. But that's one of the noises that I don't really listen to. No, no, yeah. That one, I'm like, okay, well, now, like, Velcro and the speeds of the greens and all that, maybe. That's less than the the wind. I mean, my God. All right. Let's give a T-shirt away. We've got a lot of people that chatted their names in the chat. We've got, uh, you know. Comrades, you got Fran, you got I owe our boy Brian one, so he's Brian. already in. Why don't Brian's you Brian Kuch- Kush- Kushner? Yeah, we know Brian. Brian does a great oh, a job. Um, are you gonna like how are you gonna pick one? Just pick one, okay? Oh, we got uh, okay. Well, let's do uh, the first one that did one was Fran Millionaire, so we're gonna give Fran one, and he good. I like well. Fran. Yep, and then we're also going to give the other guy that did it first because they're the ones that listen to us. Fran's a great guy. I mean, Fran, uh, he's in the communities out there. I've seen him in other places. Fran was on the Top Shot pod with uh, the club Top Shot with uh, Pete Overzet. I hope you're feeling better, bud, too. Yeah, so listen, we got this one. Just let me know which one you want. We got the G. Here's the other guy. His name is Comrade. It's 2020. Sweet. I don't know him, but thank you for following. Thank you for listening to the show. You got the gray tea. You got the original. We'll just call this the OG. This is mm-hmm. the OG. DM me address, um, size. I'll send you guys some t-shirts. We love you guys. Appreciate the support as always. Have a great open championship week. This is a really long show. Uh, sorry for 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 keeping you long, Chad. But I just had a lot to say today. <laughs> That's fine. I'm as always uh, at Edina Realty. He's at Tour Picks, and we're at the Preferred Lines. This is the Preferred Lines podcast. Signing off. Thanks for watching. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Cheers. Mm-hmm.